Welcome back to episode 53 of Anime Deep Dive, the podcast that does in-depth reviews of different anime series. Due to the extent which plot points will be discussed, a spoiler warning will now be in effect. This is a spoiler review, so if you haven't seen the series and are only looking for a recommendation, there will be a timestamp in the episode description you can skip to called Final Thoughts. This section will be spoiler-free, where I give my overall opinion on a series and whether or not I think it's worth your time to watch it. So now that that's out of the way, let's deep dive into Blue Exorcist Season 1. Released in 2011 by Studio A1 Pictures, it has 25 episodes and comes in both sub and dub. I watched the series in sub. Rin Akamura is a 15-year-old boy who can't seem to stay out of trouble getting into fights daily. He lives at a monastery along with his twin brother Yukio and adoptive father. One day strange creatures seemingly visible to Rin alone begin to appear and another world of demons is revealed. After discovering his birth father is none other than Satan and suffering a great loss, Rin decides to become an exorcist to hunt and destroy demons. Rin is a misunderstood delinquent, he has the best intentions at heart. I don't think he should have gotten any gruff over beating the piss out of the three goons who were killing birds. They were pigeons whose overpopulation is an issue, so it could be argued that they were doing God's work, but after they shot a bolt at Rin, the ass-whooping he laid upon them was justified. Rin may be terrible at holding down a job, but one thing he does have a knack for is cooking. We see him utilize this skill working at the grocery store, grilling squid at the beach, and baking a cake for his class. I liked Rin's first punk outfit with the fingerless gloves, he looked cool. Screw that lame school uniform. Rin's fangs, tail, and pointed ears after he unsealed his demon powers gave him a dope appearance. The one design I didn't like is when the sword is drawn and Rin is engulfed in blue flames, the random cluster blotches of fire that appear on his back and legs just look stupid. They should have kept the fire as an overall aura around him. Rin decides to be a nightmeester because it's the class that utilizes swords, which is his source of strength but also had a glaring weakness. Rin's life being tied to the demon sword was used against him frequently. A Maimon easily took the sword away from him and the spider demon glued the blade into the scabbard. I actually appreciated the show capitalizing on this obvious way to shut Rin down. I think it was unfair to not tell Rin about his demon powers earlier. It would have helped him manage his aggression and understand his strength. Rin, much like myself, is a fan of the lazy man's load. For those who don't know, it's doing a task all at once to avoid making repetitive trips. The most famous example is bringing every grocery bag in the house from the car at once, sometimes having both arms completely covered with bag loops. The downside is people tend to take on too much, leading to something going wrong. Rin did well with the boxes at his new job, it wasn't until the last one he stumbled and dropped it on his manager. His strength breaks the water faucet and pushing the giant line of carts all at once ended in disaster. If Rin understood his power earlier, I don't think he would feel the need to overcompensate with these grand displays. Telling Rin about who he was would have also saved his father in my opinion. If Rin was sat down at a quiet time with everyone at the church and received an explanation on what demons are, followed by what it truly means to be an exorcist, he would have had time to process the information and ask questions. Instead, he is thrown into a fight with the veil of the world lifted instantly in front of his eyes while running for his life. Getting a crash course in this stressful environment, there's no way anyone would be able to comprehend what is happening while being chased and attacked. This caused a scared and frustrated Rin to say something he didn't mean, allowing Satan to take over his father. My biggest problem with Rin and the show in general is where is the drive and progression? His father is killed so he decides to become an exorcist to take down the devil, then Rin never takes exorcism seriously. He falls asleep in class, doesn't try to memorize scripture, and he can't even summon spirits to fight for him. Up until episode 17 he doesn't work on his sword skills either. When he does he only smacks two baseballs. Rin doesn't even look into how to find or hurt the devil. He goes to school, does nothing, and takes part in pointless side adventures. Where was the sense of urgency to attain power or effort to find the devil? Yukio is the younger twin who aspires to one day be a doctor. Unlike Rin, he appears to be a bright student and gentle soul. 
This is the version of Yukio that Rin knows. The truth is Yukio has studied the art of exorcism since the age of seven and is now an instructor at the True Cross Academy. I don't know if it was my imagination of the clothes he was wearing, but Yukio looked like he aged five years after he put on that long coat and tie. The only thing I liked about Yukio was his guns and quick reloading off the belt. I'd like to compare these two as brothers. I had a hard time organizing my thoughts on this section. The best way to describe it is I'm going to run through examples where Rin only ever tried to be helpful or protect Yukio, where on the flip side Yukio only ever manipulated or was awful to Rin. Yukio knew the truth about Rin at a young age and still gave him a hard time, like when he was fired at the grocery store. Yukio didn't tell Rin what he was when it could have benefited him to know the truth like I mentioned earlier. Now Rin kept quiet when he thought Yukio was unaware of demons, he wanted to let his brother study and become a doctor like he had always dreamed. Rin kept the secret to let his brother live a normal life. Yukio pretended to be sweet and soft for years when Rin was around. Yukio blames Rin for their father's death and tells him he always considered him a threat, followed by him telling Rin to die. Yukio's a twerp who pointed a gun at his own brother. In this moment, Rin saves Yukio by slicing a demon that was sneaking up behind him. I wish he would have struck Yukio down instead. Rin and Yukio get an entire building to themselves and this tit wants to bunk in the same room to keep tabs on Rin. Even if he claims it's for safety reasons, I think Yukio is lame for being unable to give Rin that tiny bit of space. Rin forgot to get Yukio water and he holds it against him immediately. He starts critiquing Rin's ability and bringing up their father into the conversation, saying he'd be turning in his grave. Yukio is whack and Rin was right to hit him and break his glasses, but of course Yukio, the nerd that he is, has a whole drawer full of replacements. Yukio uses and manipulates Rin by getting him to cook their lunches. This will force Rin to wake up early so Yukio doesn't have to struggle getting him out of bed in the mornings. It will save Yukio money, have food prepared for him every day, and get him out of having to deal with the girls at school. I'm just happy this failed. Rin makes the lunches at night and the girls are still bothering Yukio. He also doesn't save money. Look how many times the lunches got wasted. And while we're on the subject, Yukio is a sucker who has no game. He ran away from three girls not wanting to let any of them down. Seeing as he and Rin didn't have lunch that day, take all three lunches and split them with your brother. That way the food isn't wasted and all the girls still think that he's polite. And doing this would have avoided the entire side story with the angry kitchen familiar. Even as children Rin was helping Yukio, he took on the blue flames as a child. His brother didn't have to deal with that power or aggression. Rin smiling at birth is the only reason Shiro didn't murder both of them. And Yukio's oath was to get strong to protect his brother. I don't see why he doesn't like Rin and fails at every turn. I found it funny Yukio's big concern is Satan taking over Rin. Satan is Yukio's father too and the only one of them who gets possessed by him is Yukio. Rin ends up saving his useless ass again. The dote weighing Yukio down when trying to break free of Satan's hold is how he truly feels about his brother. I don't buy the oh I love my brother act. Rin was a way better brother and Yukio is trash. Shemi is the exorcist supply shop owner's daughter. She enjoys gardening and tending to plants. It is something she used to do with her grandmother before she passed away. Shemi lost the use of her legs when we first meet her. They're flooded with painful looking veins, yet no doctor can discover what's wrong with them. It's determined Shemi is being used by a demon, pretending to be a fairy, draining her life force. Shemi was grieving and desperate to protect her grandmother's garden, but she is an idiot. It's well established Shemi is aware of demons, yet she refuses to acknowledge the entity in the garden as one. Shemi blames herself for her grandmother's death, which leads to the demon being able to manipulate her. Rin sees himself in Shemi, they both lost a loved one and harbor some feelings of blame. Shemi is a unique character in the sense her backstory is explored during her introduction. I thought that was really interesting. I felt bad for Shemi, she has no social skills at all. Running after Izumo pretty much pestering her to be her friend was awkward enough, but her naivety leads to her being used by both the garden demon and Izumo. Shemi starts by having a crush on Yukio, then develops feelings for Rin. 
Even though he started out on a terrible foot with her, typical young guy crumbles when questioned by a peer, Rin totally melted when Suguro asked if he and Shemi were together. Then he escalated, declaring they weren't even friends. That changed once Shemi got a school uniform, Rin had no issues being partnered up with her at the fairgrounds with that wardrobe change. I thought Shemi would be useless as an exorcist, she really doesn't want to be one, she's just enrolled to get out of her comfort zone. When she gets Nia as a familiar, it produces healing plants which suits Shemi well. I figured she'd be the medic of the crew, but then Shemi was actually a beast while fighting, setting up barricades against the ghoul that held out for a really long time, and even though a bigger issue was occurring, Shemi was the one who got rid of the ghost in the amusement park. She even blocked Satan's attack and did more than any of the other clowns could muster. She was a very good X-Wire. Suguro, in my opinion, is a chump. Just look at his hair and earrings. I've said it in past reviews like, what a rebel style. What confused me about Suguro is if you have a goal you're working towards, what does it matter if the person next to you isn't working hard? Why would you care? Suguro needs to mind his business and leave Rin be. It's not a group effort. Rin not doing well on a test and sleeping in class should have no effect on Suguro. He is too concerned with what other people are doing. He is even shitty about the teacher having to run off for a family issue. Suguru needs a reality check, he gets salty for being the only one spoken to about the altercation with Rin during the physical exam against the demon toads. Dummy, you attacked Rin, therefore you get disciplined. Suguru has the same goal as Rin to defeat Satan. More of that, we're all the same even though we're different crap. Everyone laughs at Suguru's goals, but with Rin having the same one, he's the only person who can fully understand Suguru. This eventual friendship actually led to an instance of Rin being mature. He didn't fall for Suguru baiting him to engage with the demon toad, Rin didn't succumb to peer pressure, having nothing to prove to the people at the academy. What I couldn't wrap my head around is this idiot Suguro goes out of his way to get Rin's sword fixed and arrives at the Vatican to save him. Then decides he doesn't want to be friends with Rin because he's Satan's son. Suguro knew that before saving him, so why would you help him at the Vatican? Like, this guy's an indecisive tool. Shemi hugs Rin during the battle in the forest and turns his blue flames off, which didn't hurt her at all. Everyone witnessed that. Then Rin saves Shemi from many demons with his flames while cleaning the classroom. She says they're not hot or hurtful, and Suguro gets mad after already seeing it doesn't hurt her. And this dummy finally gets a face-to-face -face with Satan and is surprised when he is absolutely outmatched. None of his chance or powers do anything. He made it his life mission to take on Satan, gets the chance, and completely flops. The first time I saw the hooded kid in class, I was like, I hope they use this character at some point and not just have them be a body in the background. Every time there was an opportunity for them to do something, it was cut off or they didn't. During gym, when it was their turn to evade the demon toad, the teacher had to leave, and when everyone was under attack at the dorm, they did nothing yet still somehow passed on to the next stage. They even had the guy with the bunny puppet not help either, which was a good attempt to try to throw off suspicion that something was off with the hood. Bunny puppet was looking like the lone background drone in class, but he has a secret identity as well. I figured he was hiding some power as he got the moth lantern back to camp solo. The reveal for the hood was bullshit, there aren't wraps strong enough in the universe to flatten those biddies down to hide under a sweater. Shura is a 26-year-old who lies about her age and can't handle her booze. I didn't like her fire-colored hair or her green and purple sword. Anytime she put blood on her sword and transformed it, the attack always failed. Pulling blades out of her chest and stomach was weird, like why not just carry it on your person? It would be much easier to draw in battle. If I was an enemy, I'd attack her before she could get it out. Shura is rumored to be a badass exorcist, so wasn't her time playing student kind of a waste? She is eventually supposed to be a mentor to Rin, actually helping him train to become a real exorcist. As I mentioned earlier, Rin does minimal training this season, and sure it doesn't do much for him. What an ass she was when Rin got hit with a trank dart by Yukio, another great act by a shit brother. She didn't pick Rin up off the floor or even give him a pillow at the least. 
she left him passed out on the ground. Kuro was a dope two-tailed demon cat familiar. He was Shiro's familiar charged with guarding the entrance to the academy. Kuro's introduction, I feel, started out extremely weak. Two security guards who clearly understand what Kuro is began questioning what happens once a master dies. Firstly, they were obviously in ear range of the cat. Secondly, how would they not know what happens when a master dies? I'm sure it's happened many times before. Once again, Rin has another character who he connects to from losing somebody they cared about. I did, however, really enjoy Rin being the one to calm down Kuro, just like his father did. Yukio, on the other hand, who was there when Kuro was first tamed by his dad, couldn't do the same. He even thought his dad would have left a weapon to kill the cat. Yukio knew more about his father's true identity and Rin still relates to him better. Suck on that, Yukio, outshined again by his slacker half-wit brother. And can I just take a moment to big up how much of a savage Kuro is? All the holy water and tranquilizer darts didn't phase my guy in the slightest. He was flipping trucks and whipping these clowns' asses. I felt Kuro was underutilized this season. He comes in at the end to transport Rin and Yukio around, which made no sense. Yukio pointed a gun at Kuro's head with the intent of murdering him, so Kuro ran off. Now he's back and Yukio's like, Hey Kuro, even though the last time we saw each other I wanted to kill you, let me ride on your back now. Like, get lost. Shiro is an exorcist that took in Rin and Yukio after their mother died during childbirth. He is my favorite character in this entire season and he was only alive for two episodes. Getting an excited nosebleed from Rin saying there's a pretty girl nearby and when he jokingly looks around claiming there are no adults in the vicinity, those were fun moments showing Shiro has a young playful heart. He cared for the boys deeply and so did everyone else at the monastery. The way they banded together setting up a job interview for Rin, getting him a resume and suit for him was sweet. I would be interested in a prequel story when Shiro was a young man, coming up training to be an exorcist. Watching him toss around demons and get busy with a shotgun are the moments that I got the most pumped for this entire season. Mephisto is the top hat goof dean at the academy. They painted the narrative he is evil working against Rin by sending people after him behind the scenes. I called bullshit Rin's father wouldn't have this clown as the only contact in the phone he gave his son before death. Shiro would have to completely trust him in taking over the care of the boys. Mephisto is clearly using his brother and the eyepatch teacher to push Rin to get stronger. I first assumed it was to kill the devil so he could take over, but the further the season continued, Mephisto really sat back and just enjoyed the show. I think he was mostly motivated by curiosity and entertainment. Being alive so long you'd get bored, just look at the wager he made with Shiro when the twins were born. Amemon was the mid-season villain who amounted to nothing and was a bore. Watching him toy with Rin at the amusement park was the only positive I took away from his character. Pretending to marry Shemi then beating Rin around the woods with one hand while holding her up in the other was fun, but he just had no other purpose than taking up time. He is supposed to be the Earth King badass and Rin only gets his sword back because Amemon decided to return it. Then after no training, Rin unleashes the blue flames and Amemon gets wrecked easily. It went from Rin being unable to touch Amemon to beating him handedly. Arthur August Angel, aka AAA. He is the new paladin with magic powers, yet he still rocks a Bluetooth earpiece to communicate, I mean, really? And I thought the paladin was supposed to be the strongest exorcist, but it fell to this weak goon? He got flung into the courtroom during the attack on the Vatican like a sucker by a Maimon, who I just established got whooped by Rin without training. Yet AAA is supposed to be top tier. After being completely useless during the attack on the Vatican, this clown goes to execute Rin after he saved everyone. This made no sense, AAA holds Rin down under his boot, yet Amemon whipped AAA and Rin wrecked Amemon. AAA should have never been able to pin Rin down. Then as usual out of nowhere Rin gets into the fight on equal footing with August. Shira who takes Rin out during that fight is at a stalemate with AAA at the gate during the final battle. Like the power structure of these characters make no sense. 
this person beats this person, but this person beat that person who already beat this person. Like, it's just so stupid. Granddad shows up out of nowhere and Yukio instantly believes everything he says. Maybe Shiro never mentioned this guy for a reason. Yukio accepts obvious lies and takes on the role of paladin, which is laughable. The strongest of all, yet Yukio was crying right before that because he was too weak to protect Rin. I felt the granddad was just thrown in at the end sloppily, but I give credit where it's due. To shut down any rebellion of the gate being open, he rigs it so if it isn't activated, the bomb just drops onto the school, killing everyone. That was a clever way to keep his plans from being interfered with. Before the bomb epically failed, I thought it was weird that like these religious wackos would put so much faith in science. With all the exorcist powers mostly coming from summoning in scriptures, he wanted to use technology to destroy hell. And just looking at the messiah bomb, it was tiny and very unopposing. I would have made multiple copies of it and fired it one after another into the gate. These idiots used one and it did no damage. The discovery the grandfather tried to kill the boy's mother was not surprising. Yukio knew this clown for a week, so as the viewer, I had no attachment to him. If it was Shiro who killed her, that would have been way better because I thought he was great from the start, so having that switch would have been interesting. Speaking of Rin and Yukio's mother, she was whack. Her attachment to demons was short-sighted and she let Satan knock her up. In what world did she think that was a good idea to show humans and demons could coexist? I liked everyone being engulfed in flames with Satan looking for a vessel, not him necessarily trying to kill everyone. I mean, he still murdered a crazy amount of her colleagues and friends, but she was just like, oh, he's misunderstood, let's all get along. If Satan was such a gem, why'd he take over Yukio? Is that what the mother wanted for her kids to be treated as expendable skins? Both she and Satan were trash. I initially had a few points that were going to be nitpicks, but as it continued to grow, it made more sense just to have it be its own section. I mentioned this season's biggest flaw is it had no direction, and this wasn't helped by the ridiculous amount of side stories that added nothing. Take the beach work trip for starters. Compared to the Demon of the Deep, the dad's boat looks like a dinghy. Why did he think he would be able to take down a monster with that poor excuse of a ship? The idiot apple doesn't fall far from the tree, the kid spear guns a giant squid demon in a little motorboat. As the motorboat is zipping around, Rin is somehow able to swim to it and climb in. Followed by Rin with a sword in one hand, unconscious kid in the other, treading water with only his feet yet keeping his chest above water. Then the dad drifts into the bay on a piece of wood. He somehow survived for six months with no food, and even with the claim of being on an island for a bit, like this clown would have no storage for fresh water on his raft. This episode was pointless and filled with things like this that made no sense. Next, I did not care for the shaved head classmate side story being scared of Rin and allowing himself to be possessed by a demon. The only good part of this is when Rin is forced to carry the guy's bags after he decides not to leave. Azumo says if your friends carrying luggage is the least Rin could do, it was a funny callback to how she abused Shemi. The ending attempt at a heartfelt look on what friendship is had zero impact. This story could have been saved by the training with candles. It represents using flames to protect loved ones while only destroying the enemy next to them. When the crow demon took over the classmate, if Rin burned the demon surrounding Baldi and that made him drop from the sky, it would have been a cool lesson. He had been training it up to that point, so using it practically for this would have made sense and given this side mission a purpose. Instead, Rin has to light the candles before he goes to save his classmates caught in the webs in the dorm room, which was just dumb. Everyone's in trouble, but I have to ensure I can light these candles first, can't go save them yet. Every awesome moment happens when it's really needed and when it counts. Making sure Rin could light the candles before leaving took away from that feel. This was another story I had to suffer through. Eyepatch Igor went from being a hater to framed as the spider demon, when really he was hunting it because it's his wife brought back from the dead. 
I just didn't care about these side stories. And honestly, don't even get me started on Eyebrow's surprise birthday party. I could care less. As for the action in this series, it was weak. Nothing more than a few clashes of swords. Look how terrible the hand-to-hand -hand combat was when Possessed Yukio was smacking around Rin. Check out how easily attacks are thwarted by basic things in this world. Shemi and Eyebrows both have their paper summoning circles destroyed by a little wind or water. Mephesto, who is this all-powerful magic user, had a giant flaming attack wrecked by a common fire truck. I mean, come on. Blue Exorcist is a 25-episode series I was going to be watching during some night shifts, so I decided to try the series in dub because nothing's worse than reading subtitles with tired eyes. Rin's English voice actor is Bryce Pappenbrook, who I've purposely given props to on his portrayal of Meliodas in The Seven Deadly Sins and Kirito from Sword Art Online. The reason I showed respect for those two characters is because I knew this day would eventually come. I had to switch from the dub version of Blue Exorcist to the sub almost immediately. The problem is Rin sounds exactly like Kirito in certain dialogue, in fact all of Bryce Pappenbrook's characters do. There were times when a little gruff was added to Rin, but it wasn't consistent throughout. Kirito and Meliodas respectfully have enough of a tonal difference the majority of the time, so neither of those performances bother me. Every other character I've heard from Mr. Pappenbrook has no variety to it. Personally, I find it too difficult to invest in a character when I continue to hear another in their voice. I chose to watch the series in sub, it worked better for me. Nobuhiku Akamoto gave Rin the voice of a teenager. He even had some high-pitched voice cracks throughout the season. It was a much better portrayal in my opinion. This may sound hypocritical coming after what I just said, but Shemi is voiced by Kana Hanazawa, who I've mentioned many times during my reviews. How can I smash Bryce Pappenbrook for voicing multiple characters when I have no issue with Kana? While I picked her voice out right away, she has variations in range to her characters. For example, Shemi sounds nothing like Ayase from Guilty Crown or Angel from Angel Beats. While she does have some similarities to Onidera from Nizakoi, their speech patterns differ enough that I don't associate the two characters even with them being voiced by the same person. Nitpicks. Rin getting sucked into the gate linking the two worlds, it just looked slimy in that thing and it had my skin crawling. When Yukio needed to talk with Rin privately, he sent the class into the hall instead of him and Rin exiting the room. I'm all for sleeping in class, but if you're going to do it, take a back seat. Rin sits in the front row and sleeps through every lecture. There is no way these kids can take regular classes at a prestigious academy on top of exorcist classes. The last chapter of scripture Sugoro reads happens to be the one to destroy the ghoul. I mean, come on, it would have been much more realistic found somewhere in the middle. A wide shot of the academy illustrates just how ridiculous it is. Looking at it makes me think there's something suspicious about this place. Compared to the adults in Darling in the Franks, I can't tell whose outfits are more ridiculous. Them or the people overseeing Mephesto's trial at the Vatican. Quote of the series, that cranky Izumo is all soon and not a trace of dare. Best girl waifu and harem. Best girl is Shemi by default as all these girls and guys for that matter are lame characters. I mentioned earlier she achieved much more as a casual exorcist with one foot in than these kids who have studied for years. Shemi is not a waifu and none of these girls in the series could ever get in my harem. Final thoughts. This was by far the longest amount of time it's taken me to work on one review. Watching this series for a second time was grueling. The characters had no purpose, the fights were weak, and I feel this 25 episode season could have easily been cut down to 12 by getting rid of uninteresting fluff. I've seen multiple lists of people placing Blue Exorcist as a great anime, but I couldn't get into it at all. After reviewing season 1 and taking a month to do it, plus pushing off recording another month and a half, I doubt I'll ever give season 2 a go even if it is half the length of season 1. I would not recommend this show to anyone, it was a drag in my opinion. 
All right, that's going to be it for this week's review. Hope to catch you in the next one. Bye.